It's Kayla Wells again, here to help Erin with these intros and outros for her episodes this week since she is out of the office. This episode is an amazing one with Shannon Claire. They are both in a mastermind together, and they're discussing all the ins and outs of entrepreneurship. Listen in to hear an amazing conversation. But first, gotta pay those bills. So let's talk all about Metavolve. Metavolve can give you insights into your practice's financial performance and outcomes like never before. Get answers to important revenue questions such as where am I losing money and why? What is the value of my AR? When will I get paid? How many claims haven't been worked? And more. When you start to think about the level of transparency you have into how your AR is being worked, that's directly proportional to your net revenue and keeping a healthy balance sheet. The right analytics solution will tell a story that is easy to understand. Medevolve Power Analytics gives you the answers that allow you to take action. Start making healthcare business decisions based on data. Learn how we're helping physician practices reduce their cost to collect and increase efficiency with data-driven technology. To have this great company help you work smarter, reduce your cost to collect, and get paid on time, find them at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Medevolve. The link is also in the show notes. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to the podcast, my friend and fellow masterminder, Shannon Claire. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for today. Yeah. Well, tell all the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting into the world. Absolutely. So I call myself a serial entrepreneur. I have been in some kind of business for over 15 years, starting with photography and weddings, moving into brand photography, brand strategy for women entrepreneurs. And now I also am a transformational coach for women in business. Yeah. And we met back in January. We both just happened to pop into the same mastermind group, which I think is great because we're practicing what we preach. Like you need to build community in your life and you need to, what's the study that says the five closest people to you is what you will emulate in your behaviors and in your actions. And so, yeah, we got to know each other through that. And I was like, you need to come on over here and hang out with me on my podcast because you have so much to share. Yeah, I agree with that about, you know, building up your support group. And I think that for me, what I've discovered over all the years, sometimes it's good to have paid support and to be surrounded by other women who are investing in themselves at a high level. It just raises your entire vibe and it changes how you even show up. Oh, absolutely. If I put money into something, my ass is going to be there and I'm going to like juice every single bit of goodness out of it. (laughs) Same, same here. Absolutely. I'm the same way too. Like when we took the kids to Legoland a couple years ago and I was like, we are going everywhere. Just so you know. (laughs) Morning until sunset. Yes. Oh (laughs) my gosh. uh, Yeah. So I have to like throttle back sometimes and be like, it's okay. It's fine. You will get what you need. There is abundance. (laughs) I feel like we had that conversation in the group. Me me and you. Yeah. Absolutely. We did. did. Absolutely. We did. Well, let's jump into your word today. 
I hear myself so much in your stories, and I know that we're two different professional tracks, but we have so much similarity and alignment. So I'm so glad to talk about a multitude of things today. But let's start off with your word, which is entrepreneur. Tell me why you picked this word. You know, I am just an entrepreneur at heart. I think that I always was before I even knew what that meant. I was a rebel as a child, especially from middle school on up. And uh, my rebel spirit has served me very well as an entrepreneur because I don't let rules define me. I know I will always find a way. I'm kind of scrappy, I've been told, which I never looked at myself that way until people said that. And then, and then I was like, you know what? Yeah, I guess I am kind of because like I just I always make it work. And I think that's the spirit of being an entrepreneur is you just you innovate and you figure out how to make shit work. I think so many people don't realize that they have an entrepreneurial spirit. Like for me, I always thought, you know, it was like, go to school, go to med school, push through. But yet there was always a part of me that wanted to be a leader, wanted to make change, wanted to adapt things for the better. I've never been one that like wants to fall in line. And I think now looking back, like you said, I didn't recognize it at first, but I was like, oh, it's because I need to do my own thing. (laughs) And not work for the man and not be employed for 35 years and get the gold watch at the end. Instead, I need to do whatever this passion that is coming out is. And I love how you use the word serial entrepreneur because so many times people get locked into the mindset of like, I am doing this thing and I will do this thing forever and ever. And they do not give themselves the permission to pivot. So... What I want you to do is show us the journey, show us the pivot points and all the things. Yeah. So I have had to pivot in my life so many times. And it's funny that you said that because that same mentality of like, I'm in this, I'm doing it. I'm not changing, digging your heels in, you know, part of my defiance, I guess, too. I can see how you just said that, how even in like the toxic marriage I was in, that played a role. And part of the reason I'd stayed for so long, but we'll get to that. First, let's talk about the entrepreneurial journey and the pivoting there. So I actually was a teen mom. I always say before teen mom was cool. I had my son when I was 18 and still a senior in high school. And back then, before I had him, I thought I knew I wanted to be a photographer. I wanted to work for National Geographic and get paid to travel the world and take beautiful pictures, right? That was like the dream. And along came my son, who was a, you know, the best thing that could have happened for me at that time in my life. And so my life took a completely different trajectory. I got married right after I graduated high school, moved down to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. My husband then was in the military. And yeah, I didn't start my business right away. It took a couple of years. And I was working in a daycare when my son was four years old. My boss knew my dream was really to be a photographer. Mind you, I was still very young at this point, early 20s. And so she just through her encouragement, I ended up becoming a photographer and grew my business locally pretty easily, pretty quickly because I was just fresh and relevant and all the other photographers were like old and stuffy and very traditional. Mind you, this was when digital was like new to the scene. So I started on film. So just to kind of give you a time frame that we're talking about. Several years into my career, we moved to a new area. And I had to pivot hard because I learned that 
in this new area, there was a lot of photographers. Hello, the digital age. So everybody and their mother <laughs> was picking up their camera and opening up shop. So I had to really learn to differentiate myself. I niched down into weddings at that time and grew my business pretty quickly once I built my personal brand and chose a niche. Then right at the height of my wedding career, I kind of got burned out and sick of doing weddings. So I was like, all right, what's next? And I thought I was going to walk away from photography altogether. In fact, I had started a brand called Wildly Successful Moms. I think it's still on Instagram. You can find it. Started building a following, never monetized it. I wanted to help moms in business kind of juggle all their roles, right? Mother, wife, partner, entrepreneur. A lot of times these women didn't have the support of their husbands, family, or friends. Like nobody else believed in them. And really that was my story. And so I wanted to help other women through that. And so after some soul searching, a lot of online programs and life coach certifications later, I took my love of helping women and my love of photography and combined that into the brand photography that I still do to this day. So I work with women from all over the world. I get to travel to really cool places and get paid to take pictures. So it came full circle from what I thought I wanted to do. Uh, it just looks a little different. And it's even better because the truth, I don't dress of animals or landscapes. <laughs> I like working with people. So it all worked out. And then I'm kind of in the middle of a pivot again with building my coaching practice. And I'm continuing with the photography world. That's not going anywhere. But I'm expanding and working with women entrepreneurs and just, you know, you and I being on our roof and just figuring out what was huge for me. And uh, so I'm, I'm bringing that forth into the world now. Yeah, absolutely. I love how when we can look backwards, it all makes sense. But like when you're in the middle of it, it does not whatsoever make sense. It, it's like, oh my God, I, I can't differentiate. There's too many photographers. And then, oh my God, I don't want to work with another bride. <laughs> and to get you to the place where you love the branding and, and really, like you said, that when you started the Instagram account for a wildly successful mom, it was really like what you needed at that time. And I find so many women who come to me, their first attempts at a side hustle or entrepreneurship or like changing their life is the exact thing that they need for themselves. Yep. Yeah. And you'll find like for any women who are starting on that journey and you're trying to figure out, you know, who your ideal client is, uh, often it's you a couple years back. Yeah. And that's the best thing is to think back about like who you were, what did you need? What would be the most helpful for you? So like you mentioned so many times who we want to serve is ourselves and we're looking for our own help. And like you mentioned that that straight out of high school marriage that you had was not good at that point. Talk a little bit about that because I know many of the women who listen to the podcast, whether they want to admit it or not, they are in toxic relationships. Yeah. So I can definitely speak on that. And here's the thing, ladies, I didn't know I was in an abusive relationship for a very, very long time. It wasn't until about 2014. I got married in 2002. So 12 years, I did not know this was abuse. And I kept thinking like, oh, this, he's just a very angry person, you know, and my whole life, the message was always marriage is hard. 
you know, the grass is green where you water it. Like, don't look for, you know, greener grass elsewhere. And just all these messages of you stick it out. You get married once. My parents were divorced and I was actually thankful when they got divorced, but I didn't want to like carry that on. Right. Like I wanted to be the difference in the family. I wanted to be the one who succeeded. And so in this marriage, it was just, he was an alcoholic. He was very angry. He was incredibly emotionally abusive toward me and not only me, but my oldest son as well. And looking back, I just, I didn't know. And other people who saw his behavior never labeled it that way. When I did realize that it still took me five years to be able to leave permanently. And I had left two times before that too. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was a really rough patch because you were momming, you were running a business, you were keeping the house together and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not an abused woman. Like I got my shit figured out. And I know where we have some similarities in our stories is how the Christian church played into that as well. Do you care to share a little bit more? Yeah, for sure. So just so everyone knows, like I'm actually shooting a documentary about this called Trapped by Faith. And so we were in counseling with the church. In fact, we were in counseling our entire marriage. We went through so many counselors who would get to a point with us where they said, we cannot help you. We're not rescheduling. So I should have known then. But here's the thing. None of those counselors told me I was being abused. And it was right there in front of their face. These were all Christian counselors. And so when we were being counseled in the church at the end of the marriage, it was made very clear to me that even separating was not okay. Because at that point, I didn't want a divorce though. I still wanted to try to make it work. And the only reason I wanted to try to make it work is because I thought it was the right thing to do. I had three kids. I was so confused about the concept of, you know, divorce is wrong unless there's adultery or unless there's, you know, physical abuse. If there's emotional abuse, you know, we can move past that is kind of the message I was getting. So when somebody is being abused for so long, and at least I can speak for myself, it was really hard for me to even think straight. And I was looking, I was really looking to the counselors there to rescue me. And that wasn't their job. But also, I feel like one in particular, almost kept me in harm's way. And so looking back, I can definitely see where Oh gosh, they just were not qualified to be dealing with the type of counseling they were giving us. They they were not qualified. I don't think they had ill intent, you know, but they didn't have the knowledge they needed to be working in that area. Right. They didn't see how how deep it was. Yeah. And didn't refer you on probably to a higher level of management. <laughs> well, so they they did send us actually, they did send us to another outside counselor, another one through who was a Christian counselor and he kind of got exasperated too. So you have to understand when someone is so like my ex was so good at being manipulative that I could not speak up for myself in these sessions because, Oh gosh, it's like, it's hard to talk about. It's hard to remember. I have a lot. sounds silly even saying it, but I have a lot of memory loss from like that time in my life. There's a lot of things I just don't remember. 
So I kind of, it comes back to me sometimes as I'm talking, but here's the thing when you are in this relationship with an abusive partner, they're often very manipulative. And he was really, really good at manipulating people to see his side of things. When somebody would see through him and start to quote unquote side with me, he would refuse to go back. And he would say, you know, they don't know what they're talking about, etc. He would get very angry. And so it was hard. It was just, it got to the point. It was so, so bad, Aaron, that I really seriously debated on like how I could even live another day. And it it feels weird to say this now, but I was very much at the point of being suicidal in that relationship because I felt like there was no way out. I felt so trapped and he had me so convinced that I could never, I could never function without him. I could never run my business without him. How was I going to raise my kids? Nobody else would ever want me. Like these are the messages that I heard all the time. And as he felt more threatened by me leaving, his cycles of abuse would ramp up and they would become more intense and they would become more frequent because in an abusive relationship, there's always a cycle and that's how they keep you in because there's usually some kind of explosion or like big major episode that happens. And then there's what they call the honeymoon period. And, you know, looking back when I heard of that cycle of abuse and I could place myself in it, like to a T that's how I knew like, Oh my gosh, like this is like, I'm actually being abused. And, you know, I think one of the worst things for me is one of the counselors that I was seeing acknowledged the fact that he was abusing me, but still couldn't support me leaving. Yeah. Yeah. It's gut wrenching. And so from this like bottom of the barrel, finding the ravine and then in the basement, it's where, honestly, your life coaching has has come from, from a point that was so clouded and so black that you don't even remember moments of it, to now talking about, like, what real clarity and what real vision looks like. Absolutely phenomenal. And I love you for that. So talk a little bit more about what you're doing now and your rooftop message. Yeah. So my rooftop message is I want to live in a world where women don't feel shame for wanting more. And, you know, it kind of encompasses all the work I do with women because I help women to become more visible in their businesses. I help them to get clear on what they really truly want their life to look like and what they want their business to look like. And together, like I help them embody this new identity for themselves so they can live that life, run that business and become the woman that they really dream of being. And my experience definitely lends to what I do in the world now because, you know, like I said, I was always told I was selfish for wanting more and I was made to feel shameful, you know, for not wanting to just be a mom and not wanting to just be a housewife and having these aspirations that were so much bigger than me and my family. And like, I wanted to like, really, like I want to make a difference in the world and I want to make a difference in the lives of other women. And so I want women to know, like, it's okay to want more. And you don't have to feel ashamed for wanting that. Like, we all have purposes outside of being a mom, outside of being a wife or a partner. We can have purpose beyond that. Yeah, I think that's the 
most powerful thing that you've communicated with me is because so many times when I'm talking with my clients or hell, even myself, should I really want this? (laughs) Should I really want to write a second book or to like expand and to get bigger? Because it's countercultural to what we've always been programmed with. Like, be the nice girl, be quiet, let other people go first, take care of everyone else. And so I love that you're blowing the doors off of him being like, whatever it is you want, you can have it. You 100% deserve it. And let me show you how. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when I was still in that situation, that's when I learned the power of my mind, the power of mindset work. And I was kind of living two lives. And I feel like that's how I thrived. I had my life inside the home, which was pure hell. And even within the four walls, like I would try to cocoon myself and my children. And then I had my life outside the home, uh, which was great. It was my business. I built up a phenomenal support network. Going back to building a support network, I had one that I created. I don't even know how much I would need it. And so through that experience, I saw how even though I was in this really, really bad circumstance, I could still thrive and live a beautiful life. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't think anybody should ever stay in an abusive relationship. But it is it it was really hard to get out. And so I understand when women have a hard time leaving. And so I want people to know that if you are in that situation, like there are ways to thrive within it while you're figuring out how to exit. Yeah. And that brings us back full circle to your word with entrepreneurship. I think entrepreneurship is a huge key to helping anybody who's living that double life, be it their hell is at home or their hell is at the office or in the job that they do by just starting those steps of being like, I want more and maybe it's going to look like this. And you buy a URL Mm -hmm. for a website or you get a digital camera and you start taking pictures or you make that first like fancy cake that you saw on TV. Entrepreneurship is more than just building a business. It is really about curating the life that you want. I love that. It it really, it so is. And the step, the first step to that is clarity you know, getting clear, what do you want that vision to look like? What do you want it to be like when you wake up every day? What kind of vacations do you want to take? You know, how do you want to live your daily life? How do you want to show up in the world? Absolutely. Well, Shannon, it's been great to have this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your life and your story. If people want to get more to you, where can they come visit you? Yeah. So my website is theshannonclair.com and they can find me on Instagram at theshannonclair as well. Awesome. We'll have all that in the show notes. Thank you so much, friend. Thank you. Every badass woman needs a tribe. After everything we deal with during the work week and in our home life and within ourselves, we all deserve a place to recharge, relax, and talk to people who really get us. The Burnt Out to Badass group is a place where you can show up as yourself. You'll get encouragement and coaching on your unique situation and an occasional kick in the butt to get you unstuck as well. We are beating burnout together. This is the third cohort. It's starting February 21st. And if you have been thinking about it, now is the time to act. Check the show notes for the link 
get your booty signed up and hold on because it is going to be a wild ride to move you from a place of burnout, desperation, and despair into a life and practice that you absolutely fucking love. See what I mean? That was a fantastic conversation with Shannon Claire. I hope you gleaned as many amazing nuggets as I did while listening. All right, but before we end, don't forget to reach out to Medivolve. For those of us who know how hard it is to build and maintain a sustainable business, we understand that bringing the right solutions to achieve our goals is key. Go to www.drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Medivolve and get on the path to transparency automation, and accountability in your revenue cycle. And don't forget, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Ten, nine, eight, six. Liquid limbs and heavy lids. One, two.